Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Not This Podcast, the podcast that seeks to deconstruct fear-based belief patterns and systems with curiosity and love. And I feel like this week I did nothing other than that. I'm talking about 2020 vision, which is moving over the bridge from separation consciousness into unity consciousness. This is the transition that we're at fellow humans, and it's a really exciting and somewhat terrifying time to be on Earth. So I hope you join me for this episode, and I am sending you so much love. Welcome to another adventure together. I am particularly excited and also a little bit scared about today's episode because I have noticed the process within me where what wants to be said just kind of shows itself to me over the course of, I don't know, the week or so that I'm thinking about what's next and it just kind of emerges. And yesterday I was really just on vacation from all of the things emerging. It was like, hey, Tina, enjoy blank space. Play with your body, move, go take a really long walk, dance, enjoy your meals. The podcast will come when it's meant to come. And then overnight, it was fascinating because kind of like titles or themes were starting to flow through. And I finally landed on 2020 Vision this morning, but a couple synonyms that are up are separation to unity consciousness and choosing love and honestly choosing unity. So what the heck are we talking about here? Um, I also thought I would do something new this time. So instead of me telling you what my thoughts are on this, I'm just going to go ahead and channel for you for, well, as long as spirit wants to talk. So let's do this. Mm. Hello, beautiful humans who are listening to the Not This Podcast. We are so glad to be able to be bringing you this message through Tina's forum. We are so grateful that you are here and listening to these transmissions. Know that when you feel laughter or excitement or joy, these are frequencies that are coming into your being and into your body. And these frequencies uplift the very nature of who you are on a cellular level. Let that soak in for a moment. On a cellular level, you change every time you laugh, every time you consciously experience and allow yourself to feel joy, play, love, gratitude. All of these energies actually do have a frequency and we'll have Tina tell you a bit more about how to find out more about that later. But for right now, what we want to give you as the message is that this is an incredible time for humanity. We do not want to underestimate the amount of pain and confusion that you may be going through as a human, but we want to be bringing you our perspective so we will let you and the other humans in your life honor 
the pain and what's leaving and what you're bringing conscious so you can choose no more of this or as Tina would say, not this. And what we're going to focus on here is what our perspective is. We see you from afar, from above. It's the easiest way for us to describe it to you. We, we see the full bird's eye earth view and we know where you're headed. You are all on a bridge. Tina has an analogy that she likes to talk about that we will bring through because after all, it was ours to begin with. We gave it to her. <laughs> You're on a bridge and some of you are caught in the traffic jam. She's thinking of the Bay Bridge and how many, many, many lanes come into still quite a few number of tolls, but not as many tolls as there are lanes. And so there needs to be this funneling this this merging together and so that causes a clog in the pipe it causes a traffic jam and it causes a lot of you when you're sitting in it to feel a little bit hopeless helpless stuck a little bit victimized and you might not normally align yourself to the words victim or victim energy or feeling victimized but hear us out on this It's a really important frequency to identify within yourself so you can let it go. It's probably much easier normally for you to see it in others because you know the truth of others is all the wonderful things that you see about them. And so when they tune into something, like imagine getting this text message from somebody. Oh my God, I am stuck in bridge traffic. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Oh my God. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I really hope you do make it in time for your flight or the concert or whatever, your work, whatever you're going to. But like bridge traffic is bridge traffic. Everybody knows it, understands it. It's, it's just a part of trying to cross the bridge. It's not personal. You didn't do anything wrong. You shouldn't have left sooner. <laughs> It just is, and it fluctuates, and it changes, and so it's unpredictable. That's all okay. Know that every single time you have entered bridge traffic, you have emerged out the other side eventually. And so what your choice is when you're sitting in that car is you can be feeling victimized, helpless, kind of a pawn in the bridge's situation, Or you can be turning up the tunes and dancing. You could be taking the time to listen to a podcast that you've been wanting to catch up on. You can call a friend who you haven't gotten to talk to in a while and you can have a chat. There are so many things, and I just named a few. There are so many things that you could be choosing to invest your energy, invest your time, invest your focus in while you are sitting on that bridge. So we implore you to do the same. And part of what that does is that it actually allows you to see more clearly if there is large dissonance within you between the frequencies of joy and play and dancing and just spending the time doing something else other than focused on the traffic, or you're going to kind of realize really quickly that you can't. Nope, nope, I'm just in too rough of a state, I can't. Well, fantastic. Then that just means that there are some heavy emotions that need to process through and out of you. That's not a problem. Quite frankly, it's a solution. 
because those energies have been with you. You've been carrying them around for crying out loud. You've been having the monkey on your back. So if you take the time, the stillness, the quiet of sitting in the traffic to actually process through those emotions, then you have the opportunity to emerge on the other side of the bridge with that ability to experience joy and love and play and all the things that matter most to you. So we will tell you one thing that Tina might not be ready to tell you, but we are, which is that she has an amazing online course called Path of Joy. And it does exactly this. It takes you through the process of any situation in your life where you may feel stuck or a little bit helpless or hopeless. And it takes you through the process of releasing those emotions, forgiving them and dreaming a new reality and then receiving that possibility. It's seven days. It requires like 20 minutes to a half an hour of your time each day. Um, The actual content is much shorter than that, um, but that includes your own processing, your journaling, the way you wanna move through the work. You can do it completely at your own pace. So it really is seven modules worth, but it's not required to be seven days worth. And you can go back and pick up any one of these tools. And so she just had a group of people run through it and she received amazing input um, from the transformations that happened for them and for their own feeling and sense that they will want to go back and use these modules. When they get triggered, they're going to want to go back and do the release module and the forgiveness module. They're When they're ready to do manifestations or, or goals or whatever you tend to like to call it, they're going to be able to use the dare to dream and the receiving. So that you can find on her website. The information will be in the show notes. She's <laughs> she's feeling a little bit uh, grateful that we told you about it and also um, wasn't wasn't knowing that it was going to come out this soon. So this is fantastic. We like to push her. We like to push all of you into seeing what your potential and your possibility is. So back to this bridge. So you're stuck in the traffic. Some of you might be. You might be feeling intensity. Tina's been hearing about a lot of relationships crumbling right now. But what was really crumbled was the foundation of that relationship. And so um, what needed to happen was uh, undoing so that the people involved can choose their new way forward. And their new way forward hopefully involves some healing and some expansion. And then they choose whether or not they come back together with each other in relationship of any sort or whether they're moving in a different direction. But the reality is that this is just, you know, you guys use the straw that broke the camel's back. So some of you may be in that traffic tollway situation. Others of you might have already paid your toll. Maybe you've had dark nights of the soul during this experience. Maybe you have had a breakthrough. Whatever it is, you will identify with it when we say maybe you've paid your toll because you will know that you're not sitting in the traffic anymore and you are on to the bridge. You are taking a new way forward. You are seeing that, yes, there's things for you to learn. There's places for you to grow. There's still some energy to release. But the reality is at this point in time, you no longer feel the constriction, the weight of the world, the walls closing in on you like you did when you were sitting in traffic. Now you feel a little bit more open, a little bit more, or maybe a lot more, depending on how much traffic you sat in. 
you might feel a hugely expansive place. You might feel like you just got out of jail. Um, and so we want you to know that no matter where you are in this process, it's perfect. This is the energy that is coming to you to give you 2020 vision. And 2020 vision is the bridge to the new earth. It's the bridge to unity consciousness. So we're going to hand it back to Tina and she's going to talk a bit about separation versus unity consciousness. And then we want to come back in and give you the biggest vision of unity consciousness for the future that's possible. We love you. And we're so grateful that we got to talk to you today. Whew. Okay. Separation to unity. We're on the bridge and paying the toll. I really appreciate that analogy. I appreciate the message. And I want to get into specific areas in which you might be currently experiencing either separation or unity consciousness. It would be amazing if some of these things you're already like, duh, Tina, I know this, because that means you're already either on the bridge or you've already arrived at unity consciousness. And maybe some of these things are a revelation. Maybe some of these things you were like, wow, I never thought of scarcity that way. So either way, fantastic. Okay, let's start with that one. Let's start with scarcity and abundance. So scarcity is the separation consciousness frequency, vibration, belief. Scarcity in human life and in the, in on earth is one of the biggest beliefs that the collective, that almost everybody at some point in time in their life has bought into. And we're not only talking about money. Money is one concept that we use in order to, in essence, trade resources. But money is not the root of anything, right? Because money money lives on a certain vibration. The vibration of money, the true vibration of money is actually one of freedom, openness, and connection. Why do I say that? Okay, so if you have a bunch of money in your bank account. Let's say all other factors are clear. Like you are aligned, you are living your soul's truth, you're you're doing your purpose work, like all things are lined up and you have an amount of money in a bank account. That amount of money allows you to decide where you want to live. Uh what kind of a house do you want? What kind of trips do you want to take? Um, who do you want to engage in for services and like what kind of things would those be? It could be anything from a massage to, I don't know, event planning, having a major party or whatever, right? It's like there's an openness, there's a freedom, there's a creativity, there's a choice involved in all of that. And that's actually a lot of times why money is so triggering for people because that's the truth of its vibration. So it's there to trigger anything that is in the scarcity vibration still, in the scarcity mindset in your own being and in your own body. And the things that would be in the scarcity mindset would be like, I don't have enough. There's never enough. There's not enough. I'm not enough. I've heard people talk about food and water and resources and the reality is earth 
if we are all in balance, has plenty. It's a creative opportunity, if you will. I don't want to call it a problem because it's not a problem. It's a creative opening as to how to distribute the the food, the water, how to ensure that all human beings get to play in the vibration of abundance. That's worth spending time and energy on. And you know if that's part of your own life purpose is to figure out how to redistribute things and how to get resources from one place to another. But that requires an abundance mindset within yourself first, right? Oh, there are plenty of, I have a belief that there's plenty of resources. So how do I amass and gather and funnel the resources that may be in one place to somewhere else where human beings are in need? That's just one example, right? And so if you took the belief, the scarcity belief into that same scenario or into that same kind of work, there's never enough, there's not enough, we can't have enough for everybody, then how would we even begin to engage in a process of creatively redistributing? You can't from that place, right? So abundance. Let's actually, this is really, this is really fun because this episode is just emerging as it does. So I'm going to give you downloads. And if you're not driving or like walking or running, <laughs> I guess moving and needing your eyesight, um, you could go ahead and close your eyes to receive these. But if your eyes are open, you'll still receive them. Um, but it just might feel good. And so I'm just going to ask you whether or not you want to feel certain unity consciousness vibrations. In particular, these are going to be around abundance. And you're just going to simply say yes or no. So here we go. Would you like to know that abundance is the truth of life on earth for all beings, humans, animals, plants, energies that we don't even know or know how to name, all the things that are microscopic, that abundance is here for everyone, that synergy is possible for everyone. Would you like to know that you know how to use resources to solve creative opportunities and to create more sustainable, regenerative, life-affirming, life-giving energy? Would you like to know that it's safe to live without the belief of scarcity? Would you like to know that you can align to abundance by knowing and living your life purpose work? And you can align to abundance by laughing and being grateful for what you have. And would you like to know that abundance brings more abundance if you'd like those say yes. So one of the things that came up for me as I was saying that is so many of us, some conscious, some on the unconscious level, have scarcity program running because we have a belief that it's what makes us do something else. If I don't do this, if I don't go to work at this job that is mediocre to me, then I won't have, fill in the blank, money to pay the mortgage, food to put on the table. Again, I'm not suggesting that you just go quit the mediocre job, but I'm suggesting that you bring the scarcity element of this conscious because why are you doing a mediocre job in the first place? 
Is that another layer of scarcity? And how would it feel to just take a few days? Don't You don't need to make any decisions. You don't need to create your bridge to your new way of being yet. Just take a few days to be incredibly grateful for what you have. And then all of a sudden, creative solutions will start emerging to things you thought you were stuck in or had to do from a scarcity mindset. So next one, sacrifice is separation consciousness. Synergy is unity consciousness. So sacrifice, this this kind of tucks under the scarcity, but I wanted to pull it out specifically because so many of us have programming, especially from like really hardworking depression era uh, parents or grandparents of like, well, I just need to go grind away. This is the job that I can get. So it's the job that I'm going to do. I'm going to, you have to make sacrifices in order to have the things that you want in life. Nope. I'm giving you your choice back. And as a matter of fact, I can't give you your choice back, of course, because I didn't take it. <laughs> you can give you your choice back. You can choose to align to synergy, which says what's good for me and is good for someone else or other things is also good for everything and everyone on this planet. That there is always something that uses your gifts, your genius, your unique talents, your expertise that will also allow you to receive money because that's people choosing their abundant resources to engage in their free will choice, their connection that they want with the thing that you're offering, right? Do you see how all this like ties up? And at the same time, it can be so easy to start being like, but, 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 but. This is why we're on the bridge. The outside world in many, many, many parts and places and ways does not look like this yet. And what we're talking about is the vibration of unity consciousness that is incoming. And it's why 2020 has felt so chaotic. So some of you, uh, if you read kind of like cosmic forecasts or spiritual things, some of you may have heard the term the coronation with coronavirus. So the coronation would be the crowning, right? Corona is named because of, don't trust me on the science, but there's some sort of crown element to the way the, the virus looks, but it's not an accident that there's a crown involved with this virus. A couple months ago, when corona fear was, I would say, at its height, a friend of mine said, hey, somebody channeled the coronavirus. You should listen to this podcast. And I was like, hey, wait, wait, why didn't I think of that? And when I tuned in to the energy and the vibration of the virus, I felt like Mother Teresa-esque love is the only way I can describe it. It was this huge, wise, nurturing love. And so you're going to say, well, what the hell, Tina? Why, how and why could you possibly sit here 
and say this virus is full of love when it's causing all of the death and the illness and the damage and the destruction that it's causing. I'm human too. I've been through some really, really shitty shit. And that doesn't even skim the surface of how shitty it really was. I've been to the breaking point of myself, my being of what is this all about? Why are we even here? Dark night of the soul after dark night of the soul more than I could count. Some caused by external things happening and some just it was my next step on my spiritual journey. And so I can tell you this. I absolutely have complete and utter compassion for everything that human beings are experiencing in this state of destruction. And the state of destruction is necessary for our rising. The way that things were was not working on many, many, many levels. And there is very real grief on a micro and macro level. What I mean by that is on the micro level, if you've lost a loved one at all, coronavirus or not, but this is what we're talking about. So specifically, if you've lost a loved one during this time to coronavirus, you have a very, very real palpable grief process. And I don't need to tell you that. You're in it. And on the macro, there are a lot of reasons to dive in and allow your ex- yourself to experience grief about the life that was. Kids aren't going to school or their summer camps. A lot of people aren't going to work or jobs and they're trying to navigate raising their kids. I, I don't need to tell you all the things that you're currently experiencing for you to know why grief might be up for you because I couldn't possibly even guess all of the things. I name a few to point at them. We're all missing loved ones and relatives, especially ones who live far apart. We're missing our, our travel plans, our adventures. And then let's add on to this that we are having a massive cultural awakening to the depths of social injustice that has been transpiring for fucking centuries. And there is no way, no how, that we could have fooled ourselves into believing that it was gone and that that actually would have stuck because it wasn't. And let me just give you one example that got me right in the middle of my chest that I read in the last few days. I follow Prison Yoga Project on Instagram. I took their prison yoga training with the intention of wanting to, to teach yoga in prison. This training really continued to further something that's been deep in my heart since I was in school, which is 
our prison industrial complex are completely racist laws and justice system. I guess I put justice in quotes. And the fact that the statistics for the number of black men in prison is simply horrifying. And I can tell you why people try to justify it as understanding somehow that black men are somehow different because you cannot, with an open heart, look at those statistics around what percentage of, and I don't want to say them exactly because I haven't looked them up lately and I don't want to be wrong, but it's like a quarter to a third, <laughs> say it anyway, a ballpark of black men um, on that continuum, both like, in their life will be incarcerated and are currently on the bottom of that line are currently incarcerated. You cannot look at that with an open heart and not go to immediately wanting to cry and feel extremely helpless and that it is so unjust and inhumane. And so this defensive wall of racism was put up. Now, granted, that's not the it's not the origin of the defensive wall that is racism. This is an outcome, right? But it's also one of the things that keeps rebuilding the wall. <laughs> it's this whole thing of like when you really truly look at this stuff and you understand the depths of how it plays into every single component and aspect of life, you cannot walk away without being heartbroken. And the question is, what do you do with that heartbreak? And for me, I have a twofold answer. One, we keep healing on the individual level. And when I say individual, I don't mean you have to heal alone. But I mean healing our own wounds, finding ways to heal. And, and then for me personally, finding ways to put healing out into the world but the second one was going to be doing your personal purpose work. Because if every human being found and identified with what their unique gifts and purpose are, and I feel like human design is the very best way to like cut to the chase on that one. I'll put a link in uh, for human design sessions with Kelsey Abbott, who was episode two of the podcast. But that is like the biggest gift that you could give yourself or somebody who's looking to find their purpose. If each one of us lived that, then all these separation consciousness vibrations wouldn't, couldn't live in us anymore. So next I'll go to competition as separation consciousness and co-creation as unity consciousness. Co-creation means everyone involved has something valuable to add. And that when you add all of that, it becomes an exponential equation instead of a one plus one plus one. So just like, I love how these things kind of build on each other, just like sacrifice moving into synergy 
means what's good for me and good for you and good for everybody else is is like the next right step. That requires co-creation, right? If we're going to look at it as competition, then only you or I can have something beneficial happen, which goes back into sacrifice and back into scarcity. So do you see how all this stuff loops in and around each other? Next up, we have codependence and interdependence. So codependence has been largely the way that relationships have transpired. I need you for this. You need me for that. There's like this entanglement. There are literally, when when I do a healing session or look into this for somebody, I see cords like wrapped up in wounded spots from one person to the other person. If we continue to relate from me being held in my wound by you being held over there in your wound and we kind of do this wound dance and it's largely unconscious but at the same time there's elements of it that are conscious right we know where not to go to not trigger somebody else and so we're doing this dance but it's like a dance where ropes are tight and nobody's arms or legs are free and like that doesn't feel very good after a while it's just like you're gonna fall over right So interdependence, what is that? So when I do cord cutting on myself or others, then what happens is the cords are released, these wound-based cords, attachments, and the energy of source energy, unconditional love comes in and like fills in those spots where there were those wounds so that healing can happen. And then all of a sudden, the only way that you can relate to the other person now is from your highest vibration, from your true soul self. And so you're loving, you're supporting, you're playing, you're experiencing joy, you're sending each other surprise gifts or uh, getting a card in the mail, you're emojiing or... You know, whatever the the little ways are that you let people know that you love them and that you're playing with them and you're enjoying them and you're grateful for them, those are the energies that are exchanged. You're there for each other when there's emotional need, but that's not from a place of feeling pulled on and feeling like, oh, if I don't answer, this person's not going to be okay. It's from this deep place of gratitude where this other person is super raw and vulnerable and they just say, hey, I need you for this. Do you have the space for it? They honor you as a human and themselves as a human. Boundaries are honored. And boundaries are not to keep other people out. They're actually to allow dancing and flow. Like if you think of a stage as a boundary, what does that do? It allows the dancers to know what space to dance in so that they can be hearing the orchestral music and that the audience can be seeing them and that the lighting guy can be shining lights on them. Like the stage serves the purpose of the of the backdrop of the arena that you're playing in, right? Um, It doesn't constrict or confine in any way. It actually focuses. And so if we think of boundaries as like a focal point, how do I want to spend my energies? What do I want to attune to? Then that's all born of interdependence, right? And um, they were wanting me to go back and give another example around 
this codependent pull and these cords. So what happens with these cords between two people is it's like balance is always needing to be kept and restored because that's how the world works. Think about yin and yang. Think about, you know, all the, this day and night, like balance. It's always this dance of balance. And so when two people have like wound-based attachments, then energy can only be flowing kind of like one way at a time. Whereas when you open up to interdependence, back to co-creation, to synergy, to abundance, energy is flowing always, all the time. And it's just, again, think of the exponential nature of it. Um, me engaging with you actually gives me more energy and it gives you more energy as opposed to feeling drained at the end of an interaction. The next one I want to jump into is a little more esoteric, but it's making things happen as separation and magic and miracles is what I wanted to call it for unity. You can call this whatever you want, but making things happen, there's this element of force, right? Like if I don't actively make this thing happen, then it can't be. Whereas when we're living in unity consciousness, we understand that we are not the only players in the game and other humans are not the only players in the game. That there is a co-creative force, consciousness itself. I like to refer to it as spirit and the universe and source. I mean, source being obviously source, like (laughs) the biggest, grandest of it all. And spirit is just what I call like all the all the beings, all the entities, all the vibrations that I can't see, but I can feel and experience and know that they're here and know that there's a source for magic and miracles. Like they feel like they come out of nowhere, but that's just because the physical manifestation of the miracle is the last thing that we see. And and we're elated, we're jazzed, right? Which is fantastic. That's an amazing energy to be in. So let it continue to feel like out of nowhere. That's incredible. And the more we're grateful for those things, especially the smaller the things are, I can tell you one of the things that I love is finding angel numbers, like on license plates or house numbers or whatever when I'm on my walks. And I see them all the time. And angel numbers, if you're not familiar, are like repeating numbers. So it might be 1111 is one of the ones that's known as a sign of awakening, spiritual awakening. Um, I love 1234 is like, just keep taking the next right step. Like one, two, three, four. (laughs) My mind briefly went off to like the one, two, three, four, get your booty on the floor. Gotta, gotta get up to get down. (laughs) I won't do that to you again. One of my favorites is 222 or 2222. So anyway, the point of all of this is to say, if I'm giddy and delighted every time I see one of these, then that is putting me in the frequency of receiving more and more doesn't have to be just angel numbers. Fantastic if it's angel numbers and it might be a butterfly, it might be an amazing smelling flower, or it might be like that crazy serendipitous podcast interview that I really, really wanted but felt like was such a long shot. Or it might be flowers miraculously appearing from my mom. Like whatever it is, it's, or it might be that job offer that you've always wanted and weren't sure if it could ever happen. You know, like there is no 
limit to the things that can transpire in our lives when we allow ourselves to live in these vibrations of unity consciousness. And so the very last one that I'll talk about before I go back to having spirit tell us what they want us to know about unity consciousness is fear and love. So my belief is that we come to earth to see the contrast, to live in it, to experience it. We're unconscious to it for a lot of our adult lives. I don't think we are born unconscious to it. Um, I think it's why it can be so hard and painful to be a small being uh, on this earth, a young child, a baby, because we're so open still to the other side until the subtle vibrations into all everybody's emotions. And it can be really, really overwhelming. But then we start to take on like ways to shield ourselves from the contrast because we've gotten confused. Contrast is really just us experiencing the ability to choose. So things are happening in life and we can say, yes, more of that, please. And that's when we can get giddy and excited and grateful and joyful. And we experience other things and it's like, yeah, no thanks. That's not for me. I'd rather not experience that. Thank you. But instead of just making it that simple and that cut and dried, we start to question ourselves. Why is this happening to me? What did I do? What did I do wrong? And part of that has a value because when we're triggered, um, there is old energy in us somewhere that's asking to to be released, to be, I would call it healed, but um, you could just simply call it released and set free. And so, you know, that's part of this whole journey is starting to understand. But the very beginning is really just like, starting to neutralize your thoughts and your feelings about things when it is initially happening, especially things that feel dense. And instead of going right away into the mind and trying to defend yourself or da, 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 it's just, yeah, no, no, that aspect of relationship, I don't need to experience that anymore. Thank you. I appreciate you showing it to me. That doesn't feel good. If it doesn't feel good, and I'm talking about like repeatedly, you know the things in your life that don't make you the most excited, but you know they're they're like genuinely on a deep soul level causing transformation. That's fantastic. But generally speaking, when things really don't feel good, it's like that's a sign to us to not head in that direction. We're not meant to just be persevering through the contrast and pain and not making different choices, right? Like the contrast and the pain is there to show us the opportunity to make a different choice, not to just learn to live and endure. So I welcome you to this bridge to unity consciousness uh, we don't know what it has in store for us. It might feel tumultuous or painful or scary or overwhelming or crazy at times. That's okay because each and every one of us individually has to learn how to use this compass of am I going back into separation mindset or am I aligning to unity consciousness, which is the direction that the earth is headed. So let's jump back into spirit's perspective. 
Thank you, Tina. I'd love to explain what unity consciousness feels like. So you might not immediately relate to what it looks like, which is why we're talking to you about what it feels like. It feels like harmonious relationships. Can you imagine when every human who walks into your house sees you and greets you, they greet you with open arms and love and a smile on their face. They are abundantly blessed to be in your presence. And every human who you live with feels that way about you and about each other. And you feel that way about everybody else in your life. Can you imagine feeling open and free to be completely and entirely yourself, to be aligning to your purpose, using your gifts, doing the things that really bring so much sunshine to your life, so much joy, so much love, so much ease, so much flow? That is what we talk about when we talk about unity consciousness. Now let's take it out of your household and into your work life. In work, you are doing what you know you came here to do. You are using the combination of your gifts and your experiences in order to give to the planet in some way, shape, or form. And maybe you're a part of a really, really big puzzle. That's fantastic. The bottom line is that what you are doing, you know, is uniquely meant for you to do. And through doing that, you get more energy throughout your day as you engage in these work activities and you come home with an abundant amount of energy or maybe you don't leave your home, but wherever you're doing your work, you have, when you're completed with it, you feel this sense of renewal and replenishment and you're ready to engage in what else is next. And maybe your work isn't like the traditional hours anymore. Maybe it ebbs and flows throughout the day and you're interwoven with your connections in your relationships and your movement of your body and all the other things that you love. So imagine a work that feels so integrated to you that regardless of when you do it, you are not feeling like, treasury and and that you're going and expending energy, but rather that you're getting so much from it and you're financially supported. Okay, so let's move out a concentric circle further into your communities. So your communities then are fully supported. Everyone gets education that is aligned to their own soul selves and their own soul plan. And there's a way that this all has been created to transpire where people who love spending time in their heads and they're really, really good at that, they can go and keep learning in that way. And people who love to spend time in their bodies and are really good at that, they can go learn in that way. And everybody is nurtured on this holistic level. Okay, let's step out to food resources and water and abundance. Again, communities come together, they help each other in supportive interdependent kind of ways. They do projects together. There's more community gardens and food growing locally. There are um, relationships between all of the different elements of community, elements of whole health. Imagine your restaurants are so healthy that they are taking seasonal menu advice from your local medical practitioners and the all of the ways in which everybody does what they do, it all magically comes together once again to be exponentially 
bigger and more powerful than where they started or what they could have done alone. And then we expand that out into your countries and the way that government works and the way that the police force and first responders, all of that becomes something that is supportive of every aspect of the community. Tina talked about uh, competition versus co-creation, this idea that we have to be either for um, racial justice or we have to be for policing. No, there's something way bigger here that's calling you humans to come to the unity consciousness view to build and create these systems that are good for all of the humans, not only the result of the system, but also the people who play roles within the systems. Do you see this? Do you see that how every layer, the ripples go out? Yes, this is going to take some time. Of course it will. But won't it be so much more interesting to invest your creative energies in coming up with these solutions and this new way of living than it is to keep fighting upstream and fighting these battles. We are all exhausted from fighting. So we'll leave you with this. It is completely possible in your lifetime that human beings are going to live on the planet harmoniously, that human beings are going to honor every ecosystem on the planet, big and small, that human beings are going to thrive, that everything comes back into balance, that people love each other, that co-creation is the way that people inherently relate to each other, and that they tell stories in order to strengthen their love and gratitude. They tell stories of where they came from, how things had been so hard and helpless and hopeless, and, and the walls came crashing in in 2020, but what we found out is that we were receiving 2020 vision. We were finally seeing it all clearly and differently so we could choose not this and we could go forward in a different direction. And that different direction is what we created. We didn't start out loving each other harmoniously and playing together. And these are the stories that you will tell your children or your grandchildren or your children's children will tell their grandchildren of how humanity rose, how humanity stepped up to the plate on this occasion in the year 2020 and how we decided to walk over the bridge to a new way forward. I'm sending you all abundant love, healing, aligning to your purpose, light, play, and possibility from the entire universe. You are love.